Let's pray as we get started. Father, as we come before you this morning, Lord, I know um, it's kind of hard losing an hour's sleep and, and getting here, but I pray that we would be able to still receive what you would want to speak to our lives, God. And God, our hearts go out and our prayers go towards those in Japan, those who have lost their family and loved ones, the hardship that they are in and the danger that they are in with the nuclear power plants, the loss of just homes as well as livelihoods. There is going to be a rippling effect for years to come because of this tragedy. And so our hearts go out towards those who are in desperate situations. Our hearts go towards those we know who are over there. Pray for their safety, Lord. And Lord, might you continue to move on our hearts to, to show compassion and love and even how we respond, Lord. May we represent you clearly. And Father, bless our time this morning. I pray that you would, again, illuminate our eyes in understanding. May this time be rich because it's time spent with you. And we do ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have your Bibles, open it to 1 John. We're continuing our series, The Tests of Life, in 1 John. And today we're going to be looking at chapter 1, verses 5 and 7. Last week we talked about how John wrote at the end of the book that he wrote these things so that you might know that you have eternal life and how we tend to focus on the word eternal, but really the whole point of John's writing wasn't a longevity of life, it was a type of life, that it was a life that comes from God. We talked about how in the first few verses, as he wrote about Jesus, he, he came to this place of just tension, how do you talk about Jesus? And he doesn't even mention his name in the first verses. He says, in him was life. We touched, handled, saw this life. And we talked about how this life that God gives is unique. That it is different than just existing, and how difficult it is to try and explain this life to people who think they already have it. To try and describe that there's something more, that there is a life other than that which you have been living. And we went all the way back to the garden, how Adam and Eve, how when they fell, and God said, in that day you eat, you will surely die, but they continued to live as we think of life, but in reality, they were dead. That there was this separation from life itself, the separation from God. And how Jesus came on the scene, and Jesus didn't come to just, I'm going to talk about life, or I'm going to show you life. He said, I am the life. And we talked about the need to have this life within us. And there's so many things in Scripture that talk about us being a new creation or talk about being born again, talk about coming into this new life that God gives. And so we're going to continue looking at how do we know? 
if we have this life? What are the tests or proof that we have this life? And we, we see a few of them here in chapter 1, verse 5. And let's read verses 5 through 7. If you need a Bible, raise your hand too and they can get you one. Sorry, I didn't announce that earlier. Great, no Bibles are needed today because no one's here today. Everyone's still in bed. Uh, verse 5. It says, this is the message we have heard from him and declare to you, God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live in the truth. But if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. John goes on here and he talks about light. That God is light. In him is no darkness at all. And we have to ask our question, what does that mean? In him is light. God is light. Well, I mean, there's natural things. We have an understanding and awareness of light, how important light is. You need light to be able to see. And light has this ability to illuminate and make known what we previously could not know. And we see light in so many situations. You know, it's really true that when a woman is pregnant, she glows. Have you noticed that? They, there's just this light about them. They beam. What is it? They're pregnant. There's this light in them. Or someone lights up. I saw this video just recently about one of these kids who, whose father was in the military and surprised them as they came home. Have you seen those things? Where all of a sudden this kid's there and this one just tears me up every time I see it. I just like... <gasps> grips me, this young girl who's just in class and all of a sudden she sees her dad who she hasn't seen for like a year and her face just lights up and then it moves into just this tears and she just grabs her chest because it hurts so much the love she has for her dad. But you see her eyes, her whole face changes countenance. She lights up. It's like you come to life. And so the idea of light has to do, again, with this life. It has to do with illuminating. It has to do with what's pure, what's good, what's true. It's void of darkness, void of evil. And God is good. God is true. God is love. And so all the things that are good, even like James says, every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. And so God is light means God is perfect. Everything that is good is connected to God. Everything that is pure, everything that is true, that is lovely, God is these things. God is light. He gives us the ability to see. Everywhere that God is, there is this light. And if you are a part of this life, then God gives you this light as well. 
this light becomes a part of your character. The life that God gives becomes your life. And you move forward in that life. How important has light been to us? Just in human nature, in human society, what was life like before the light bulb? Guess it's time for bed. It's six o'clock, you know, before daylight. Say, yeah, because what can you do? The light, get a candle. You know, there's no TV, no PlayStation, Xbox. Can't record your favorite shows. There's nothing. Can't even read late because there's no light. And it's amazing how society has changed with just the illumination. How you look at a store and you're able to say, oh, they're open. Why? The lights are on. It has the neon light that says open. We use lights to give us an expression and a signal. If you go to Krispy Kreme and the lights are on, it says come in, gain five pounds. They're warm right now. And so lights are this magnet. They illuminate and they give us instruction. It even tells us about a society. I don't know if you've ever seen the aerial view of North and South Korea. This is North Korea, and that's South Korea, taken image at night. The difference. North Korea, a, a nation that is oppressed, doesn't have a light. South Korea, industrious, productive, filled with lights. And you see, lights give us understanding even into society and how things are. It shows us what things are like how things move along. It's a very important part of our existence as human beings, and God is light. And John is trying to tell us, you see, if you are in this life, one of the ways that you can know that you really are connected to life is that if you are walking in the light just as God is in the light. If that light is in you, this is the message we have heard from him. From who? From Jesus, who is this life he's talking about. And we're declaring it to you. God is light in him is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, in other words, if we say we believe in God, we have this life with him yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live by the truth. And so truth becomes an important part of this understanding if you have this life or not. And, and what God wants to do is use us. He wants us to be translucent. In other words, we want lights to come out from us. We want his light to be a part of our lives. When my kids were younger... I used to play this game with them called Monster. This might explain their traumatic condition. And what we would do is they would go into the hallway with the lights on, and they were probably about four years old and younger. And they'd go into the hallway with the lights on, and then I would turn all the lights off in the rest of the house so it would be pitch black, and I would throw a blanket over me, and I would hide somewhere in the house. And they would come out of the room, and it was my job to devour them. 
I was the monster. And that's what it was called. It was called monster. And so they would come out and the light would open and then they would go and shut the door and it would be pitch black and they'd be all huddled together and they'd be walking through and I'd be behind a chair. I'd be somewhere just waiting to throw the blanket over and grab one of them. I know this is awful. (laughs) I shouldn't be telling you this. So anyway, the idea and the fear would just grip them as they'd be just looking, they'd be, ah, they'd be scared and they'd run back into the hallway and shut the door because they thought they saw me and I got good at this. I had actually hook up string to rocking chairs and I'd move the chairs from across the room so they'd think I was over there and then I'd surprise them from behind them. It was, anyway, it was my, this is the way I played with my children. <laughs> Don't judge. Uh, and I would grab them and I'd embrace them and I would, you know, kind of hug them and stuff and they'd scream and giggle and laugh and I'd tickle them and the others would run and hide in the hallway again. And they'd come out and then we'd turn the lights on and, you know, it was just our house. There was nothing different. And the lights would come on and there was no more fear. There was no more anxiety. There was no more worry because now you could see. You saw what was really there in the house. You could see the string going to the rocking chair. You saw it was just me in a blanket. There was nothing scary about it once the lights were on. I had a phone call one day. It was early in the morning from a a young man. He was in another state and... He had gotten drunk and he was lost out in this forest area and he was terrified. And he was thinking he was going to die and he called me. And as he's panicked and he's talking to me and he's in this condition where he's not thinking clear, he's not speaking clear, all I could do is say, do you see any lights around you? Because wherever there is a light, I want you to walk towards the light so that you can get out of wherever you are. You just need to move towards the light. And you see this idea of truth. This, if you're walking in darkness, you lie if you say you're connected to God and you don't do the truth. Because truth is a very important part of who God is. And so Are our lives moving towards truth? Where truth is an important characteristic. We tell the truth. We live the truth. What you see is what you get. Or are we moving towards deception, deceit, and lie? Where it's always one lie after another. We're always trying to cover who we really are because we don't want to disclose the truth. We don't want the light to come upon us and people to see who we really are. And so we cloak ourselves in lies so that we have an appearance, but it's not the truth. And see, one of the ways you can know whether you are in this life that God gives is if your momentum is taking you towards the truth. We all fail. We all have faults. But is your life one of constant deception or is it one of constant truth? Who are you? 
And you see, this is for you and I to, to test ourselves and see if we are in this life. If the light of God is within us because we're walking in the truth, even as he is true. Or are we in deception and lying? And we ask ourselves this, am I moving towards this light? Am I moving towards the truth? Or is my life really a deception? I think it was Mark Twain that says, if you tell the truth, you don't need to remember anything. Just tell the truth. And it's amazing how tangled that web can get that we weave when we start telling a lie. Because you tell one lie, and then you have to tell another lie. And the white lie turns into a gray lie that turns into a pretty dark lie. And pretty soon our life is in this darkness. And we ask ourselves, am I walking with God? Because if I say I am, I need to be walking in the light as he is in the light. But if I'm walking and living a life that is a lie and in darkness, then it's not true. And, and so it really doesn't matter what we say. It matters who we are. It matters what's happening inside of us. When the life of God is in you, you're going to be drawn towards that light. When the life of God is not in you, you move away from it because it exposes the darkness that is in us. In John 3, verse 19, it says, This is the verdict. Light has come into the world, but men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. And you see, coming to this place or this understanding of this relationship with God, it brings light onto our lives and shows who we are. And sometimes we don't like who we see. In fact, a lot of times. A lot of times we see the areas, well, I'm very selfish or I'm very greedy. I'm very unforgiving. I'm very self-centered. I'm very focused on holding grudges. I'm very bitter. Whatever it might be, we start seeing these things in us. And if we don't like what we see, we can move away from it so that that light doesn't expose us. And again, we start covering that in lies and we start living a life that is not sincere, not true, not filled with the light of God. And so one of the ways that we can tell whether we are moving towards the light or towards the darkness is the truth. Are we connected to the truth? And it's one thing to tell a lie, and it's another thing to live a lie. You see, when you tell a lie, you're basically betraying the core of who you are. In other words, this is the person I am, and I'm lying about it. But when you live a lie, you accept a different reality from who you are. In other words, I'm not going to be who I know I should be. I'm going to be someone who's deceitful, someone else, and I'm going to live in this dark place. And it does so much damage to your soul. And you probably know people who are living a lie, people who do not want to accept the reality of who they are, and so they live this deceived life. It's one thing to tell a lie. It's another thing to live a lie. And there are a lot of people who are living a lie. 
They know the truth, but they're not going to live that truth. They're going to live somewhere else. And John is saying, this is how one of the tests. You can know if this life is in you, if you walk in the light as he's in the light. If you're walking in this darkness, you don't have this life. And, and it's amazing how good we've become at deceiving. You know, We've learned how to not tell the truth without lying. We just don't give all the information. And it's become an art form. Our kids learned this early on. They should all be lawyers at some point. It's like, you know how to get by this. Who broke the window? Well, it wasn't me. It wasn't? No, it was the baseball. <laughs> and again we're not perfect but what direction is the momentum of your life taking you if you is it taking you towards a life that is true or is it taking you towards a life that is full of deception if you live in the light your life will be marked by truth. It will be your natural habitat. If you live in the darkness, your life and your natural habitat will be falsehood and deception. A test for us to ask ourselves, where am I? If God is light, am I moving towards that light or am I moving towards the darkness? The second test he talks about is in verse 7. In verse 7 he says, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. And so the second test is our relationship with others. If we love others, if we have this fellowship, he, he talks about this further in chapter two, verse nine. He says, anyone who claims to be in the light, but hates his brother is still in the darkness. Whoever loves his brother lives in the light. And there is nothing in him to make him stumble. But whoever hates his brother is in the darkness and walks around in the darkness. He does not know where he is going because the darkness has blinded him. And so the other test to know if the life of God is in you is if you love one another or if your life is filled with hatred. And so here's another test. How do you do with other people? How do you get along? You see, we like to ask the questions, well, I'm a Christian, I follow Jesus, I go to church, I do these things. We have a little list that we check off and say, okay, yes, I, I, I'm okay, I'm going to heaven. But God has a test and he says, do you love each other? Because if you love each other, then you're walking in the light. If you hate your brother, then you're in darkness and you don't know where you're going. And isn't this the difficult thing, is how we feel about one another, how we treat each other. Isn't that really the hard part? How many people have struggles in their families? We don't get along. 
I hate so-and-so. What they did to me. And you see, the test of any relationship is going to be through conflict. I don't know any marriage that has not had conflict. I don't know any deep relationship that has not had conflict. I don't know any lives that have grown that have not had struggles that have not had conflict. And so if you've got a marriage and there's been no conflict and someone has opted out, someone is not engaged in this life, in this relationship. But the problem is, what do you do when there is the conflict? When you have the disagreements? When you don't see eye to eye? When the person irks you? When the person says things that hurt you? That's it. I'm done with you. We're cutting them off. Or do you still care for what's best for that person? Do you still love that person? And love doesn't mean you accept everything wrong that they do. Love means you want what is going to be best for them, even if they've done something wrong to you. And so we have to ask if our lives are filled with love or if our lives are filled with hatred. Do we like to gossip? Do we like to talk bad about people? Or do we try and build up and encourage people? And our society is so prevalent with this. Bad news sells. It's rare to get good news. We want to hear the dirt. We want to hear about Charlie Sheen and his bipolar by winning. And our the internet has kind of really brought to light our darkness, hasn't it? All the viral things, the videos, the hatred, the putting down. I'd read one statistic that said one out of every three clicks on the internet is to a pornography site. And even if it's one in ten, what's going on with us? Why are our lives so darkened? Why are we so prone towards the dark? And how do you get out of it? How do you get out of the darkness? Well, of course, you, you move into the light. But what does that look like? How does that take place? Because that's really what we need to know. The, the conflict and what causes us to hold on to that hate, that jealousy, that bitterness instead of letting it go, instead of trying to, to fix the things that are wrong. I, I don't know how many times I've heard people say, I don't know why I did what I did. And I just want to ask, well, if you don't know, who does? If you don't know, who, who's going to know? See, the reason why you did what you did is because that is what 
you wanted to do. Own it. Accept it. We'll talk more about that next week. About agreeing with God if we say we have no sin. And so for us to walk in the light, to us to walk in a lives that are filled with truth, lives that are filled with love, we need to be connected to the life that God gives. We need to understand the importance of that life and how God desires to work within us. You know, in John's Gospel, chapter 8, verse 12, Jesus' words, Jesus spoke again to the people and he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. To follow Jesus means that we are to walk where he walked, to do what he does, to love as he loves. And if we follow him, then we won't walk in the darkness, but we'll have this light of life. This light that life, that God gives. And, and so the challenge for us is always to, to be like Jesus. You see, what an amazing thing it, it is to, to live your life in such a way that you know that what you are doing is what God would do if he was you. Can you say that about your life? That I know that God would be doing what I am doing if he was me. And you think, well, if God was you, what are you talking about? Well, Jesus only did what he saw the Father do. Did He only spoke what he heard the Father speak. His life was a mirror. His life was an image of God. Philip, have you been with me so long? You don't know me. He who has seen me has seen the Father. How could he say that? Because everything the Father has revealed to me, I have made known to you. What I do is what God has shown me to do. And that's what we are supposed to do. That's how we're supposed to live. Matthew 5.14, Jesus said to us, You are the light of the world. You're a city set up on a hill. It cannot be hid. Your life is to be translucent. My light is to shine through you. Your lives are to be lives filled with truth, lives filled with love, lives that are filled with faith, lives that are filled with hope. You are to be like me. And you're to do what I have done. You're to walk in the light as I am in the light. And you'll never walk in darkness if you do that, but you will have the light of life. And isn't it amazing how drawn we are to people who are filled with hope? How drawn we are to people whose lives are filled with this life and with this love. You know what it's like when you're in a group of people, you're at a party or something's going on and then someone comes in and it's like they light up the room. Why? Because they really care about me. Because they're really, 
people who are filled with an awareness and hope, people who are filled with love, they change the atmosphere that they're in. They produce something that makes you want to be with them. Are we those people? There's other people who walk into the room. And man, the cloud comes in with them. And they've got the Eeyore syndrome. Yeah, God loves me, I guess. I don't know. I've been sick for weeks now. I don't know why. Bad things always happen to me. Yeah, thanks for coming by. Gee, it's exciting to know you. There's other people who are filled with faith and hope that they see God in every aspect of their lives, even in the tragedies, even in the hardships. Talking with Gil and with Mary this past week who both have lost dear people in their family and pray for them, pray for Mary's family as her mom went to be with the Lord and Gil's niece, her husband, also went to be with the Lord. And you find these brilliant lights of faith in the midst of this darkness that brings encouragement, that brings hope. the light of God that shines in this darkness. And those are the people who are supposed to be. Turn to John chapter 1. Verse 3. This parallels so... So much with what he writes in 1 John. In the Gospel of John, verse 3 says, Through him, speaking of Jesus, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. The light that would illuminate humanity has come into the world. And just as John bore witness to the light that was Jesus, so are we to testify to this light, to this life that is in God. And the questions we have to ask ourselves is, do we want to be in this light of God? Do I want my life to be a reflection of the light that belongs to God? Do I want a life that is truthful, a life that is loving, a life that is filled with faith and hope? Is that what I desire? Because if this is what I desire, if those are the things that I want, 
then the light of humanity can light my life as well. And that we can find ourselves being translucent. Examples. You know, many of us are afraid. We're afraid we don't know what tomorrow holds. We're afraid because of our financial situations. We're afraid because of physical ailments. We're afraid because of uncertain relationships. When I was younger, I used to have to take the trash out, and the trash was up behind the garage in this dark place. And I'd play these games with my mind. I, I would go, but I hated the darkness. And, and as soon as I'd get the trash in the trash can, I would know that there was someone hiding behind the garage, waiting to get me, waiting to kill me. They had a knife. And I would run for my life as fast as I could from the trash cans down to the house till I could get to the light because I was not going to... And I could hear their footsteps when I was running, they're right behind me, they're right behind me. I just had to run as fast as I can. That's why I used to play monster with my kids. It's only fair. And if someone would have just turned on the lights, I would have seen there, there is nothing there but the ivy, the wood, the dirt. If the truth of the situation would have been exposed, I could have seen what was really there. And I wouldn't have had to live or be afraid. Some of us are living in this fear and in this darkness. And God wants to illuminate our lives and let us know, I'm here. You don't have to be afraid. And that there is a life that God gives that is stronger than your illness. A life that is stronger than death. A faith that is more secure than our economy. A truth that can hold us through any deception. And a hope that lives when everything else seems hopeless. There is a light we can walk in that God desires to give to each of us. Is that the life we desire? Is that what we want? Because that's the only life that God knows how to give. My favorite quote from C.S. Lewis is, I believe in Jesus the way I believe in the Son, not because I can see it, but because by it I can see everything else. God illuminates our lives so that we can see his hand in every aspect of our life so that we don't have to fear, we don't have to be bitter, we don't have to hate. We can be truthful, we can be sincere, we can be hopeful because we see God and what he is doing in all that he is doing. Do we want this life? That's the question for us this morning. Let's pray.
God, you constantly challenge us. You challenge our faith. with circumstances, with emotions, to prove that you are deeper than circumstances, stronger than emotion. Your truth, Father, is a foundation that we are to build our lives on. It is an anchor for our souls. And Lord, as we ask questions of ourselves, am I in the light? Is this life in me? Lord, may we put those questions to the test. Am I a person who is truthful? Am I moving towards the truth? Is my momentum a life of truth? Or is it a life of deception? Am I a person who is loving, who is forgiving? Or am I a person who is bitter? A person who is begrudging? Am I a person who has faith or a person who lives in fear? Lord, as we ask these questions, May it illuminate where we are at. And may we make the choice to move towards the light, to walk in the light as you are in the light. Lord, you said if we would that you would forgive us, you would cleanse us. Your light would expose the dirt and we could allow you to wash it off. Lord, may we not be afraid. May we move forward into the depth of this relationship with you. And I pray that you would give us sincerity of heart and clarity, God. That we would see you and see ourselves in that light. For we do ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.